Why is it that every time I bring up my favorite movie or song, y'all call my shit corny? You act like I don't have no taste and no flavor. I'm a Luddite or some bullshit like that. What kind of particular shit is that? It's the shit I like. That's what I like. That's my type of shit. You know, why don't you know why just say something nice? Showtime. Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast, your home for in-depth news discussions, reviews, and deep dives into movies, television shows, and music, with a special emphasis on diversity and the Black experience. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts can be found. And you can also find us on all social media under the handle at SSM Podcast or at our website, SSMPodcast.com. There's a bunch of news, so there's no special topic. We got a whole bunch of news to talk about. Like, everybody did everything crazy. My um, God. It was like, what else can happen when yeah. we are on break? Yeah. Some of the shit we can't even cover in too much detail. Like um Isaiah Washington, we knew he was a fuckboy from a long well, time ago. So Shonda now, told us. Shonda now, told yeah, he did. She did. And now he's an open Trump supporter. So, you know. And that's that on that, because I ain't got time for him to come after me. Did you say that is that on that? Mm-hmm. That is that on that. <laughs> that is that on that. Right. And so somebody else who's gotten on our nerves, especially these last couple of days, is Felicity Huffman. Oh, my gosh. Peak white woman. Peak. So she, of course, pleaded guilty to the charges of her basically conspiring with um, a um, academic trainer to forge, you know, SAT scores for her. Rick um, Singer. Yeah, Rick Singer for her children. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I think I think hers was was it the scores? I think it was like the actual answers. Like she paid to have the answers changed. Okay. Mm. Yeah, something like that. I think that's what. Come hers. on, you better know her package. <laughs> Let me go look right quick. But yeah, the thing was this: is that the prosecutors wanted to put her in jail for four months. Uh, her lawyers were like, well, you know, she pleaded guilty. She should get probation. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. They changed her SAT scores. On oh, it was the scores? Board. Okay. Yep. Okay. Oh, her middle name is Kendall? Hmm. Mm. Good name. Um, <laughs> and um, so, but what ended up happening was that she was sentenced to 14 days in prison. Days. So Two weeks. So by the time that you get done making your Felicity Huffman, free Felicity Huffman sign and put the glitter on it and shit, she'll be out. <laughs> so don't she be- got 14 days, a $30,000 fine, two, cool. 250 hours of community service, and I don't know how long her probation is. She better pull a pair of children. Meanwhile, the Blacks... Mm-hmm. Are getting like five and twelve years for trying to send their child to a better high school. That's right. free. That's out of their zone. Y'all don't hear me though. Right Just... now, they the lawyers were talking. Lawyers, other people are talking about. Well, you know, our clients pleaded not guilty. Felicity Huffman pleaded guilty, so it is kind of different. No, it's, it's yeah, it's different because she white and rich. Right? Yeah. Like she should have gotten more time than two damn weeks. Well, you know who is gonna get too much too more time because she still is like I ain't do nothing wrong. Laurie Laughlin. Woo! She mm. is her defiance. Mm-mm, baby, you're not getting no two weeks. Listen, 
I want her to get the real I mean, time. Unless, unless she, you know, at the, at the end of the line, she come through and is like, oh, my bad. I didn't mean to, but... It's too late. Still to this day, <laughs> she is like, I didn't do anything wrong. And I'm just like, girl, just give it up. Like... <laughs> And she, I think they, they, she paid the most, right? Let me or, go look at her crime. I don't know if she being. paid the most, but it was yeah. way more than Felicity. I think Felicity only paid like what, 15000 or something? Yeah, 15000 Yeah, Lori paid half a million. So, <laughs> so did, did, did Rick Singer have like a, a, like a price chart? <laughs> Listen, he is he Lori don't know how to negotiate. He worked his pyramid scheme, okay? Like I have on my little, you know, like my little movie, I have in parentheses scam boss because <laughs> we go that. He finessed these white people. Do you hear me? Right. So, this is Lori Laughlin. The incident against the couple, because her and her husband are both uh, charges. Massino. Which yeah. I'm mad because I don't contributed to her scam because I didn't got so much Massimo stuff from Target. Me too. Listen, we all done did. We ain't know who that man it. was. I unknowingly contributed to this. I thought they made that shit up. Uh, not you. <laughs> not you were. Not you were. Uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Kyle, uh, not Kyla Pratt, but um, Kiki, Kiki Palmer. Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> the gag is. <laughs> I, I, I might sound ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I don't know who this is. Yeah. Uh, the incident against the couple alleged that they had paid two uh, five hundred thousand dollars disguised mm-hmm. as as donation to the Key mm-hmm. Worldwide Foundation in wow. order that the University of Southern California's admissions yep. committee would be led to believe that their two daughters would be joining the school's women rowing team if admitted, when in fact neither oh, young oh, woman shucks. had ever trained in the sport and had no plans to do so. And then one of them was like, fuck a college. I'm just trying to get this influencer money. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be on YouTube. Literally. On Instagram. She said that. Ain't this about a bitch. So. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. We were joking on in our private chat about, so excited. you know, we were going to make the movie. Yeah. She was like, she was going to take it to Sony because, you know, they love a good prestige movie I over mean, there. Who else? Well, a scandal, but Sony. Nobody. <laughs> they, they used. They know how they. They were. They caught the effects of scandal. They know a scandal. Okay? Yes. They got this in the bag. They, they can call Megan Ellison and Anna Perna for added prestige, and we're gonna have a whole. We're gonna have a whole um, Hollywood Oscar run production. I got it. I have. I have director. I got screenwriters. I got producers. I'm ready. The only mm-hmm. before we get you to that though, the the. The, the thing that shocked us is that we Googled and found out that fucking Lifetime. Yes, October 12th, everybody. <laughs> they have already filmed the damn movie. It's coming out. It's already, Ken, it's already Wait. done. It's called The College Scandal what? or something like that. Yes, The College Lifetime. Admission Scandal. But it's yes. They have a trailer. There's a tra- I put the trailer in, me- in Facebook Messenger, Ken, the other day. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's a whole movie, it's ready. Go back to Friday. I put it in Friday afternoon. There is a movie. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up, hold up, hold up. The mama from Kindergarten Cop is in it. You know she's... Penelope Ann Miller. You know she stayed with a Lifetime check. (laughs) Girl, girl, put your money on. Something, I don't know. Uh, Wow. But according to Lifetime, there... It's not based on the. It's based on like wealthy moms, so, so it's not Felicity and Lori Laughlin. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's some it's some Dina Jones shit, basically. Like it's yeah. like about it, but it's not about it. 
Right. So it's not uh, like it's not like Penelope's character is playing Felicity Huffman. Right. But nigga, they was in the trailer. They had girls in front of a blue screen taking photographs. They mm-hmm. had the man in the SAT office erasing <laughs> the uh, scantron. Like this is well, I ain't watched the Lifetime movie in like, I don't know in a while, but I'm watching this one. Ooh, right. Okay. But Latria, Latria was like, "Fuck all that. We gonna do the real version. It's gonna Listen, be like." I'm going for the goal, okay? I got Oscar winners in my movie. Producer, l- listen, I'm getting a statue, okay? We are winning. She said, y'all can, y'all cute with this it shit. We gonna do the real version that's when cute. I miss yeah, my turn. <laughs> I'll let you have it, but excuse me. Excuse me. I'll let right. you So, Latria is gonna tell us her uh, cast and crew that's gonna make her version yes. of the story. All right. So, the movie is titled Admittance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Without the dictionary. Right, and admittance into college. Come on, play on the words. That's exactly what I was going for, Ali. Good job. So it will be produced by Sony Pictures. Okay, and I'm going to go to the cast first, and then I'll give my director, screenwriters, and producers. Because one producer, I know Brandon, I'm going to have to turn my mic down because Brandon is going to holler. And I did it on purpose, but I have a reason for it. Mm-hmm. So in the role of Felicity Huffman, I have two. I have one person that I really want to do it, but I have a runner-up. So the main person I want to play Felicity Huffman is Charlize Theron. Oh shit! That's I good. Was gonna be on Listen, video. okay, okay. <laughs> you feel me? You feel me? Okay, like she. I know she's been overused because she's in that new Fox movie. But I mean, if she, she can. I'm thinking of that moment when Felicity was in the courtroom crying, talking about she just wanted to have her daughter have, like, the best. <laughs> like, Charlize can give me that. She can give me those white woman tears that I need. But if we are priced out of Charlize... because <laughs> the head the director. <laughs> I was like, in case, but she's like the first person I want to cast, so we got to negotiate. But it, if for some reason her schedule doesn't allow it or whatever, my runner-up is Elizabeth Banks. That's good, too. Don't sleep <laughs> on her. She can, get, she can do it. That's really good, she, too. She can give a performance. Okay, so for William H. Macy. <laughs> oh, this is hilarious. Um, Sam Elliott. <laughs> you see but like i googled william h macy and i'm looking at him and i'm like who could get and i was like oh my god sam Elliott already has the mustache <laughs> about to say the mustache come with and then like older pictures of him he had that longer hair like little shacks i was like boom that's done and you don't need much from him because william h macy apparently you know is not that a big player right um, okay, so for Aunt Becky, Lori Laughlin, I have Kate Beckinsale. Because <laughs> she's gorgeous. Like, Lori Laughlin is gorgeous. Like, she's a gorgeous woman. And I'm yes, like, okay, I had to Google, like, white women actresses in their 40s. <laughs> Although, apparently, Lori Laughlin is 55. I was like, she well, she looks good, because I really thought she was in her 40s. And Kate Beckinsale is 48. And Becky been eating them baby food. She's been healthy ever since. And so I was like, who could, I was like, because it has to be somebody that can make me like convinced, like, oh, she's, she played on Becky and like she still looks youthful. And I was like, oh, Kate Beckinsale. And she's a good actress. Mm-hmm. And she could kind of give me that like the ditz, not ditzy, but the kind of like over the topness of this whole thing with Aunt Becky, like being like, oh no, we like, I did, I did nothing wrong, like that whole thing. Right. 
Okay, mm-hmm. you're not ready for a husband. So to play Massimo Giannulli, which I think that's how you pronounce it, Aunt Becky's husband, Stanley Tucci. No, we got a touch of the Tucci in this movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a photo of Massimo where he did this face. And I saw that photo and I was like, oh my God, that is the exact same face that Stanley Tucci does in almost all of his photographs. <laughs> and I was like, he could give me a designer. Because of like Devil Wears product, like I was like, yep, yep, he that's her husband. Okay, so for Rick Singer, the scam boss, I was like, okay, this has to be somebody who will convince me that they can scam these wealthy, somewhat intelligent people out of all this money and basically making them unknowingly or knowingly complicit in this crime. Like, who is somebody that can make me believe that he can really do this? So I almost had a hard time with this. I have two contenders, and honestly, either person can play. Like, it's not like a first or second string or anything. Either one I'll be fine with. The first, and also because I had to Google him, Rick Singer has white hair. So I was like, it's got to be somebody that looks good with white hair. Mm-hmm. Got to look convincing. So Richard Gere. Ooh. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, he already has white hair, so they ain't got to do that. Or Kevin Costner. Because I Googled Rick Singer and I was like, Rick Singer is not cute by any means. But, you know, it's Hollywood, so we can can make him cute. So for Aunt Becky's daughter, that's the only child that I casted in this movie because she deserves a role. (laughs) Because the heifer's over the top. I have Kaya Gerber, who is Cindy Crawford's daughter. Oh, she's, she's a perfect age, and she actually looks almost identical to Aunt Becky's real daughter. Like, well, they, they favor a lot. I mean, Aunt Becky's daughter could play herself, but you know, whatever. I don't think she's even if she could. I don't think she has the um, um, the range. Well, besides the range, the professionalism. Uh, yeah, there you go. Because Kaya is she's been a supermodel since she was like ten, so. Man, we me, meanwhile, uh, Becky's daughter just wants to get paid for like pretending to decorate her um, college dorm room. Hello. So that's my whole cast. So on to the director. I had to Google this because I was like, I want a woman writer because I want somebody. Oh, I'm sorry, a woman director. I was like, I want as many women behind the scenes as I could. So I don't know much about directors. So I had I googled like you know, women directors in Hollywood. And I settled on Marielle Heller, who the most recent things that she has done was Can You Forget Can You Ever Forgive Me with Melissa McCarthy? And (laughs) and she also did A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. So I was like, You serious? I'm going for the Oscar, okay? I was like, she could give me that drama that kind of make me almost feel bad for these people, but not that, mm-hmm. you know, I see it. And I was like, I want a woman to do this because this is mostly about women. And I was like, oh, yeah, Mr. Rogers and Melissa McCarthy. Yep, yep, she can give me that. And I think she, I think she's worked with Charlize Theron before in something else. Mm-hmm. A couple of people. I know one of the producers also worked with Charlize. So a couple of people overlap. So they already have relationships with some of the folks. Right. Uh, real, real quick, I got I to, I need to take a quick two minute break. I'm so sorry. I'll be right back. 
emergency. Okay. Okay. You want me to fit it, go or wait till you come back? If you can wait till I come back, I'm gonna hear the rest I of it. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Okay. I was excited. Like I literally was on my Googles. Like this was a real project. If somebody makes this, they better give me my dang credit. Mm. And you know what this is also making me think of? What? Ryan Coogler making that Atlanta um testing scandal movie. Oh my oh he is. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. Who's in it? Is it casted already? Uh well, I know Brian B uh, Michael B. Jordan's in it. Are like BFFs. They are. What do you think about that new Ryan, uh, Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx movie? They got a movie coming up? Yeah. What's he, that? Like, Jamie Foxx plays some kind of, I don't know if he's like a homeless guy, downtrodden guy. and Oh no, he got, he's in jail and Ryan, I'm not Ryan, Lord. Michael B. Jordan is like a lawyer. It's mm-hmm. like a, I don't know if it's like an innocence project type thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they've been putting it on here, having it like on IG for days. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That was a website that played an automatic video. Yeah. I didn't even hear it. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I don't think we, I don't know, it depends on how you're doing it, but I don't think you actually hear it. Um, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, let me find. Where's that post? Is there? Okay, here's. I don't know what it's called, but it's like him, Jamie Foxx, and I forgot the white. Is it Brie Larson? That's the white woman. Wait a minute. <laughs> Is it Brie Larson? That this white woman playing the white woman in the oh, movie? Oh, it's called Just Mercy, and it's based on a real story. Yeah, I believe it. It, it comes out in December. It is <laughs> Brie Larson. God damn it! You don't like Brie, huh? I'm just, listen, it's the same thing with Jennifer Lawrence. I am personally just not convinced of her acting ability. Like, I I, I haven't seen anything yet that makes me like, oh, yeah, girl. Have you seen American Hustle? No, I have not seen that. Although, okay, now I did like Red Sparrow with Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, yeah, we saw it together. Yeah, wow. that, like, that worked perfectly for her because of the character. Like, mm-hmm. she, that was, like, the best thing I've seen her in. I mean, she can be good if she's not bored. Um, That's the thing. And it's like, you made too much dang money. I'm so upset my, like that I was, like, cracking jokes in the audience and so many people laughed. Uh-huh. Remember? <laughs> yeah. remember that? Like, like, I was just being random. And every, I'm like, oh, am I being a, that annoying black person? No, everybody's in it, especially when they were cutting people. And I'm like, come on to the white meat. Right. <laughs> But um, well, she was really good in Mother. She was the best part of Mother, actually. I haven't seen that. You don't need. You don't want. But it's like scary, right? It's it's basically Rosemary's Baby, right? No, it's not scary. Um, Oh, it's it's not it's not that type of movie. Um, it's different. Um, it's a thriller, but it's not really scary. Mm -hmm. Um, what else? I can't remember what else, but in the X-Men movies, you can tell she's bored except for an X-Men first class. Yes. I don't think she really, she was like, wait, I didn't, I don't remember signing up for all of this. I have other things to do. Mm-hmm. 
It's like, do they not explain that to y'all when you sign your contracts or something? Like, I'm confused. Um, silver, um, silver Lions playbook. Oh my god! I no. Like I saw that and I was like, so they got Oscars for what? Like what? That movie made no sense to me, and I just did not get it. I liked it until the end. I don't the even end. remember the end. I was just so the ending was cliche. Like I okay, so they got they got to wrap this this interesting movie up in a bow. Hmm. Um, I can't think of anything else I've seen her in, but she can be a good actress when she wants to. But um, what was that movie she had in space where she was with um the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy? Chris, um, Jennifer Lawrence, and um, and, yeah, uh, and uh, um, shoot, mm-hmm. um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's step uh son-in-law. Really? Yeah, he got they got married uh last year, this early this year. What is it? Is it Catherine Schwarzenegger? I can't remember what her name is. Hmm. But yeah, they's married now. He's he's practically a Kennedy. Hmm. Yeah, it was. Go ahead, Brandon. Oh, so say. Uh, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, um, I mean I have anything else to add, but I'm like Jennifer Lawrence can be a good actress. Yeah. She has her moments. She's she has to commit to the when part. she wants to show up to work. Yes. She's one Which my thing is, you make too much effing money for this like nonchalantness that you're giving in these performances. Like it's it's an insult, honestly. Indeed. At this point, right. my, my apologies, but yeah. Uh, so uh, let's no hear more about. Uh, All right, my Oscar-winning movie. I can't wait to go to TIFF. Um, <laughs> okay, so now up to the up to my screenwriters. I have two screenwriters. Mm-hmm. And they're both women. Uh, Diablo Cody. Hey, oh, Diablo Cody! Yes! Okay. Back. Back. And, I mean, why not Phoebe Waller-Bridge? Like, hello. Come on, Phoebe. They about to kill it. Do you hear me? They mm-hmm. are going to kill it. This is what Phoebe Waller-Bridge wrote. Phoebe uh, Waller-Bridge. Yeah, Fleabag. Okay. Amazon school Fleabag. Yeah, a bunch of shows, Brandon. Can I know. And, uh, what was it? Crashing? Yeah, Crashing. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of shows in the Oh, and the watch. new James Bond. She like basically had to come in and save the new James Bond. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Not basically save it. I mean, because they got like eight writers, and all you hear about lately is, oh, Phoebe Waller Bridge is writing the new James Bond. And it's like, okay, clearly she came in to fix this mess. Yep. That's that's how I'm right. she came in to write the female parts. Well, I they mean, used they do they do that a lot, but it sounds like she wrote a, enough to where she can get like, you know. But all I keep hearing about is her lately. So clearly she came in to like fix whatever shit happens. Okay, so that's my screen. So all my producers, I have three producers. Um, Spoiler alert, Felicity Huffman is a producer because why why not get ahead of this? (laughs) Listen, I feel like if she was smart, she would like, you know, wait till she do her 14 days and she do (laughs) community service and she get however long her probationary period is like make sure all that's complete and then go hey why don't i use this like she don't need to be in it just be a producer like she don't need to do you know just put your name and a little and a little money to it come on put my, um, put my name on so my other my female producer is well besides Felicity Huffman, it's kathy shulman and i don't know if you know that name 
I will explain. So she did Crash. So she's already won an Oscar. Um, she's also worked with Charlize Theron in a movie called Dark Places. So they have a relationship. And she produced that other hood movie that's on Netflix that Felicity Huffman is also in. With Angela Bassett and I don't know the third lady that's in it. Mm. Okay. So I was like, based on what she's done, I was like, okay, I like her. And for my <laughs> for my coup de gras producer, okay, I just need to preface by saying. I got to qualify this person because Brandon is going to lose his shit. Mm-hmm. So when I think about this scandal, like it is utterly ridiculous. It is dramatic, mostly because of Lori Laughlin and how she has just been like, like she basically they told her to hop on a plane from Canada to America. And by the time she landed, Hallmark had already rescinded all her contracts. <laughs> I'm like, they didn't even wait till she got there. And I'm like, that plane ride could not have been that long. <laughs> it was like, Hallmark was like, oh, and so by the way, uh, when you come back, we already have boxed up your things. <laughs> like, busted into Felicity's house in the morning and took and yanked her out. So it was it's very dramatic. And the fact that Hollywood actresses are involved, I was like, I need someone who can give me. Like, I need an over-the-top person that can give me the -the over-the-topness. But I have Kathy here to rein in this person. Like, she can be the voice of reason. This is Tyler Perry. No, no, no. But almost. Oh, Um, oh, oh, I know who it is. I know who it is. Go ahead and say it. Because somebody who has Oscar prestige, but is still a mess. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. I know who it is. Give me Oscar because they already have multiple times. I, I think at least three. Mm-hmm. I don't, and it's just like the drama. Now I'm concerned about how this person is going to work with Kathy, but I'm like producers. Uh, it's more so the director, I guess. I don't know, but anyway. So it is the one and only. It's to throw him in the trash can himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lee Daniels. Yeah, it is. This is the kind of shit he would make too. He loved making a movie about some white people that there's only, like, one nigga in it, and you don't even know he made the shit, like, Shadow Boxer and all this other kind of mess. And that Zac Efron movie, Zac Efron peed on somebody. Also, because I don't have any black people in this, but I do feel like somebody black needs to be in there just to remind white people how ridiculous they are. I mean, who, who better to, like, say into a white woman's face how ridiculous they are, but also... Ridiculous. Like, he will also be friends with them. And I'm like, Lee Daniels is the only person that can talk shit about them to their face, and then they can go out to dinner. Yes. And then home to bed. And he can also give me Oscars. So mm-hmm. that is that is admittance. And if it if this movie gets made, I want my credit. <laughs> oh, I, thought, I thought you were going to say that you're going to have Denai Guerrero be in there so that way she can have an indignant look. But there's nobody black. Unless one that the is... The bailiff. Um, <laughs> But do not deny Guerrero after Baylor just giving you that look. Like <laughs> seriously. Brandon, why are you playing? I I really considered casting Monique as a judge. <laughs> but I was like, ah, I don't I'm not gonna worry about the judge. I'm just worried about the The judge ain't even black or a woman. <laughs> right. Hey, baby, so listen, so you paid like, 500 like, 
You know, and when you do clownery, clownery back for back. <laughs> so you pay $500,000 to have your children take fake pictures in order to get on a rowing team? I would like to see that. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, that is admittance coming out May 2020. No graduation time. No, no, no. November 2020. November 2020. You got you to hit the Oscar season. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, so, okay. There you go. November 2020, which is, you know, they would have already been in school. Why did I just get the um get the, the fact that it's admittance for being admitted to a school and admittance of wrongdoing? Yes. That, that's what I was doing. <laughs> yes. I'm going to keep my movie. Come on. That is exactly, exactly what I meant by naming it that. I, listen, I... Went to school for the wrong thing. I need to go to Hollywood. <laughs> Sony Hart, maybe not Sony. Somebody. Not <laughs> wait. This I'm telling you, it will go straight to the Oscars with all these people going for the gold. Lifetime, you can have your little movie. That's cute. <laughs> Big little movie. All right. Uh, next up. And really quickly, I just remembered the two movies I forgot to mention in my reviews early because I saw them both on planes. I finally got on a plane ride that had movies. Yes. Was it Delta? It was American. Did you finally go on a plane ride, period? What are you talking about? Oh, fuck you. I've been on planes before. <laughs> how was your experience? Brandon, I'm so mad how, that, how much that sounded like your cartoon voice. <laughs> I did right. kind of affect that on purpose. I did. Um, yeah, like it was fine, Latria. Like I, I did American because Delta plays don't have enough leg room for me. American barely just does. So I used American. Oh, Adver- uh, advertisement. Uh, mm. Yes, I'm quite tall. Uh, is, <laughs> is American thing you see? Please hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> we would love a sponsor. But yeah, so the first movie I saw, y'all know what it is. I won't even mention it. Don't even ask. Uh, second movie I saw on the plane was The Sun is Also a Star, starring Yara Shahidi from Blackish and Grownish and Charles Melson from Riverdale. Uh, this is a very cheesy, very corny, but very beautiful and very, very sad romantic drama. Sort of kind of a comedy, not really a comedy, more of a romantic drama about two people who only have a day to fall in love together. Oh, my God. And it's it's so cute and adorable. I mean, it is ridiculous and corny, yes. But I, you know, if you if you have a heart, it it will be you will be shedding tears regardless by the end of the movie. I was the, the they they called they were about to land in Los Angeles, and I'm sitting there. <laughs> Do you know what to say? I am so mad you did that, Brandon, because I got the visual image of you like being in like a plane with like nine seats on one row. You sit in the very center, looking like an anime character, like tears just flowing out like on everybody. You're like with a big terrible forehead. Well, I, I didn't go that far. I, like, we, we can't see the forehead from your mouth in the water, <laughs> like a Charlie Brown. <laughs> Because I was crying real tears. It's just, they, I, they would not stop. I was like, oh. But if it had been, like, what you were doing the Negro spiritual cry? There was so much promo for that movie, but then it came out, I guess, I don't, I guess it didn't do as well as they thought. It was too I, close to Endgame, and they thought, uh, see, it used to be where you could counter-program, you could put out a movie that was so different from the big movie, people would go see it. Everybody right. went to go see Endgame, nobody went to go see Shit Outs until uh, Pokemon very, very, came out. Really? Mm-hmm. 
And uh, it didn't help that Sons of Oswald Star got middling reviews because, I mean, it is kind of cheesy. But it's supposed to be cheesy. Uh, Tracy Oliver wrote it from um, Aqua Black Girl and from Writing Girls Trip in Barbershop 3. Oh. Yeah, so it's written by it's Black She did so much work. Okay, and so the author is the same one who wrote Everything, Everything, right? I think the, so. Book. Yeah, Nicola. I think that's probably why I wanted to see it, too, because I loved Everything, Listen, Everything. Listen, Latria, you would love this movie. Oh, I already know I would. I just, I don't know why I didn't. Oh, never mind, because Endgame, that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> it, it should be on HBO no, by now. Like, it's a Warner Brothers movie, so no, it should it's be not. There. It's not? It's still uh, Comcast is like you can rent it, and I'm like, no. You might want to. I'm gonna wait, yeah. You might want to rent it. I'll be honest with you. You might, you might enjoy, but like, <laughs> like I was. Um, the Listen, other one because I saw everything, everything, no less than three times in the movie. Like, <laughs> oh my god. And also, so I, know, I already know I would love it. And also, this Yara Shahidi and Charles Mustard are two of the most beautiful people on the face of the fucking Yes. Planet. Yes. Like they're they're are actually they? fucking adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just gotta be a one dissenting voice. <laughs> um, and uh, the other one I saw was Ready Player One. I didn't finish it. I got two thirds of the way through, but I hadn't watched it, and it was Ugh. sitting right there. I was like, "It's free. Let's turn it that's on." A, man, the see, I'm mad that you did not get to experience that in the theater. Like that's the movie you got to experience in the theater. Yeah, it's a good. Like that movie did not get the phrase it should have. No, it did I enjoyed not. It. it was so good. It's Steven Spielberg. I mean, too. it yeah. was. Yeah. It wasn't the greatest movie, but I felt like it had the right balance of like visuals and story. Yes, um, it was way Lena better. Way than My God, Valerian sucked. Le- yeah, Lena Way showed that like maybe you can't act. Um, mm. My only problem with Lena Waves' character is that when they got to the shining part, they sort of kind of used her like she was Mantan Morlin. Who? I don't know that reference. Or uh, Joe. Well, um, one of the old black actors in the old white movie, black and white movies, where they just had them see ghosts and they turn white and start running scared. That that sort of a thing. Oh, the spooky Negro. Yes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, but the thing that's a funny trope because black people will back that up too. Like we the first ones to run out of our horror movie. Hell yeah, niggas gonna run. (laughs) Right. So it's it's like it's it's a stereotype, but it's kind of true. We know it's some shit. We're, we're not. If we see like the inkling of some shit going down, and we around some white folks, because you know we're not gonna trust. They're gonna protect us. Mm-hmm. Um, hello. We're, we're gonna be out of there. Like you know what? Let me. I'm gonna like. I'm. Let me excuse myself. You know what? I forgot something. Hey, y'all need something. I'm gonna go get it right now. <laughs> right. right now. We're gonna find a re a way a reason why out of something like. I. We, it's gonna be like do it for mine. I ain't gonna do it. Um. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. Well, yeah, I just wanted to be there real quick. All right, next up. Uh, so these past couple of weeks, we had both the Venice Film Festival and the Toronto International Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two movies that won each are a little bit controversial. Um, so a controversial. So this past weekend um, at TIFF, um, Jojo Rabbit, TIFF. directed oh, by Taika Waititi and starring Taika Waititi as Adolf Hitler, um, won the Audience Award. I just love saying his name. He has a beautiful name. Uh, a beautiful face. Do you know what won last year at TIFF, the Audience Award? I don't know. Take a wild guess. Endgame? I, I can't Endgame. remember what came out last year. Um, Think what what won the Oscar? What I won, don't know. What won the most recent Oscar? Everybody was mad about it. 
Oh, the oh, the um, you know, your boy Marshall Ali's movie. Green mm-hmm. Mile. Oh, Not Green Mile. Green Mile. Uh, <laughs> Green Mile. Green Mile. Green Green a different Green. Mexico Negro. Green Book. Green Mile. Green Book. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. When Green Book won last year, it started its race to the Oscars. Eventually, and it won the Oscar for Best Picture. Now, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, let me go check. But it had that's much. It had a fifty-five percent in Rotten Tomatoes. People. Not old yet. How can it have a rating? Because they can rate it when it comes to the festival. They're allowed to. Oh. So they send all the uh, critics to the festival, and so that's how you get your early reviews of movies like this. Mm. Uh, and so, like, I'm, they're basically saying that the movie, it tried... They feel like it's too saccharine, I guess, for its own good, is what they're kind of saying. They're saying that oh, it doesn't treat its subject matter seriously enough or... Or it doesn't sat, satire. It's not the satire isn't harsh enough. Basically, it's sort of where it caught in the middle. So what they're basically saying about it, because like the sort of kind of the thing the the trailer revealed, you know, like that basically is about you know this boy who's grown up in Nazi Germany, goes like the Nazi education schools, or whatever like that, and he meets like a his mother who's played by Scarlett Johansson, America's favorite Asian actress, uh, is harboring a Jewish refugee in their home. And him and this is a is a young girl, and him and this young girl become friends, and he comes to realize that you know the whole thing about the Nazis being you know anti Jewish and everything is you know it's a it's all bullshit. And uh, Taika Waititi comes in; he's playing um, the boy's imaginary friend who is Adolf Hitler because you know during Nazi education day, so he imagines Adolf Hitler is his you know fun loving best buddy. Y'all got real quiet. <laughs> I, just, I, I mean, how do you respond to that? I know. I just, I'm so uncomfortable because it's like, okay, like, okay. I love Tyka, but I just, um, it sounds like nicer <laughs> and like a nicer, cuter version of um, what you call it, um, the producers, which you thought about last time we were on. Oh, and now mm. it's at 75%. I guess they liked it. Somebody else liked it better. So it's like, it's doing better than it was before. Mm. I don't know. Polarizing type movies. It was just it was just funny to me in a second because I heard I can't even pronounce his name right, but I heard Latria say his name and then say Taika girl Waititi. at the end. Taika Waititi girl. <laughs> 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 right. yes. yeah. So it it comes out in regular theaters on October the eighteenth. We'll see how regular audiences. Just let me know when he do Guardians of the Galaxy three. You mean uh, Thor? Okay, yeah, my bad. Like James Gunn. <laughs> same movie, same, same movie. movie. I'm not going to compare them to my bad. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's like, Speaking of James know. Gunn, he announced the cast for his um, Suicide Squad sequel. That's not a sequel, he says, which is called The Suicide Squad. Basically, everybody except for, except for our mothers are in this movie. Um, that's, <laughs> that's the cast. Which is good, because they're going to die. I'm, I'm just there for Idris and Viola and uh, what's her name? Margot Robbie? No, no, no. The, Storm Reed? Yes, Storm. Okay. Yeah. It's them and like 15 other people, including John Cena. So you, you motherfucking insults finally got your fucking John Cena and your fucking DCEU. Are you fucking happy now? Huh? <laughs> Damn. <sighs> okay. Somebody pushed some right. people away. Because they were trying to say that John Cena should play Shazam. And you know I wasn't going to let that shit happen. Whoa. You, you, you weren't? You weren't? No. We're going to drive over there and stop it? We, we know where it is now. <laughs> John Cena leaves the set one day, and all of a sudden, uh, a, a, a 
a tissue paper full of chloroform um, is over. <laughs> Bradley right. lost him in the, in, in the trunk of the car and then drives away. All the news are going to be like, can you describe the assailant? And somebody's going to be like, I don't know. Like, have you seen Black Panther? Like, he looked like one of those. It <laughs> <laughs> was Winston Duke. They Winston Duke out there for rest of his ass. I think Shug Knight like, showed up on set. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Y'all would never know how happy I was that he got Zachary fucking Levi. I was like, praise God. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I can't even act. That's the problem. He can't act. That's the acting part. They are out of DC characters who you can just put a pretty face or right. some big muscles in the part. The Rock and get and the movie's gonna be fine because the rest of it's like fucking Plastic Man and Black Canary. All these these B and C list characters who need good actors to bring these weird ass characters to life. They can't be doing that shit no more. Stop. Question: it. Do I need to watch the first Suicide Squad to watch this one? As no, far, no. I they are trying to soft reboot it. I don't think they want you to watch right the first now, one. I almost was tempted to watch it this weekend. I mean, even though it is an Academy Award winning film. Yeah, it won for best makeup for um Killer Croc. Oh, I thought Kim was I thought Kim was joking. No, it really won. <laughs> it really won for best makeup for Killer Croc, who is a black man who looks like a crocodile. Wow. Oh. And a BC from um Oz. Yeah. Okay, question. So did it just replaced Will in this, right? They are <laughs> not, they're keeping mum. Uh, we think he may have, but they may have just found another DC character. Because Suicide Squad is about supervillains who are put into... They, they are in jail, and Amanda Waller, played by Viola Davis, says, you, you, and you, you're going to go do some heroic shit and get time off your sentence, or you're going to die. Oh, so right. she was in the first one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. So they can, okay, so the, so they the can, thing oh, is that... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Well, I was going to... Well, you go ahead, Brandon. I'm sorry. I was going to say that they... So basically at um, Warner Bros., they opened a big-ass book of DC supervillains and just pick random ones and cast people because uh-huh. they're going to die. <laughs> it's the whole point. Yeah. Suicide Squad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But the, uh, the rumor is, like, Will Smith played Deadshot and they were initially going to replace Deadshot. Um, oh. But they said, well, let's give... If, in case Will wants to come back at some point because Will is a big... Big name star. We'll leave like this character open for him, and we'll use another black character. Which there's another character called the uh, Bronze Bronze Tiger. Mm-hmm. No relation to Black Panther. Um, who, <gasps> who's a martial arts expert who's actually been known as a part of the Suicide Squad, um, mm-hmm. and he wasn't actually a villain. He was actually a hero who was just kind of like their um, how do you say Proctor or what or um, um, their nanny. What, what, yeah, nanny. We'll go with that. Their nanny, okay. basically, there are a few like characters like that in the Suicide Squad. But yeah, a lot of Suicide Squad people are like su- the whole point of it is that book was known for killing off characters. Um, because yeah, Michael Jack White probably is. So upset. what went wrong with the first movie? Before uh, it was, it was they tried to do too much. There was too much interference. Right. Um, so by, David, like, was the writing bad? Or so the, it's, it's a whole story behind it. David Ayer, the man who made Bright later on, he made this dark, sort of kind of really, like, violent, dark, literally dark, that was shot mostly at night, movie, that was sort of kind of, of a piece with Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, a movie that nobody liked when it came out. And so the people at um, Warner Brothers, basically, they uh, freaked out. When like they were started showing BVS and started getting like bad test screens. This is before it actually came out in theaters. So mm-hmm. they forced David, they rewrote the movie heavily and forced David Ayer to reshoot it heavily. 
And um, Jeff Johns, who like one of your key writers and producers, came in and they basically he basically helped them reassemble the movie into a version that would be more commercial than the one they put out. So you see, the first trailer for Suicide Squad is all dark and you know ha ha ha, and Jared Leto's the Joker is all over it. And then the second trailer is all like bright neon colors and you know pop music and you know motion graphics everywhere. So they basically took right. the movie and threw motion graphics over it and pop music. They're like every five minutes, they're playing a new fucking record. You know, Holly uh, Quinn shows up in her cell. They're playing, you don't own me. You know, oh, when Viola Davis comes out, her Carter playing Sympathy for the Devil. It's, it's that shit. Okay. Uh, and then they have Cara Delevingne, who, who didn't act. I, mean, I guess she can act. Y'all say she good on Carver Road. She couldn't act in that goddamn movie. She plays Enchantress, who is a woman who's possessed by a witch, but she says the magic word Enchantress. She turns into the witch. But the witch wants to be out on her own, so she decides to destroy the world, get her and her witch brother to build a big, gigantic glob over the sky. It's going to eat up all the people, and then she's going to turn them all into big um, glob-faced monsters. They're going to go out and kill the other people, and they have to go stop her. And she uh. does a magic dance all the time, so she looks like the, um, the inflatable guy at the car dealership. Who gets outside, you know, <laughs> doing like the wave shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the wacky waving man. Yeah, the wacky yeah. waving man. Yeah. The movie's a goddamn mess. We saw it in the theater. Um, I was so appalled. I was sinking into my chair the further it got into it. It's also poorly acted. Will Smith didn't come show up. Margot Robbie's fine as Harley Quinn, but, but you know, she's there with basically people who aren't even trying. Uh Viola Davis is trying her best, but like her all her lines are terrible. It's just the movie's oh, a goddamn no. mess. It is. I'm surprised she's coming back. I'm surprised she's coming back, too. I guess she was like, well... Hmm. Uh, but yeah, speaking of DC movies, um, Joker, which is Ugh, not connected God. to any of these other movies, basically is... Can it come out and be over with already? Like, I'm so sick of hearing about this movie. It comes out October the 4th. Oh, God. Uh, this was this happened because Todd Phillips came to Warner Brothers and said, hey, listen, you guys, you will never be Marvel. You never, you'll never beat them. So let's just do something that they can't do. Let me make an R-rated Joker movie. And you're like, the fuck? No, it's cool. See, I called up Martin Scorsese. He's going to help me. And so Todd Phillips wrote a script that basically is like a mashup of um, Taxi Driver and the King of Comedy, two old Martin Scorsese movies from the 70s and 80s. And um, they, he's and he's making a Joker movie. It's set in the early 80s. Um, basically, it's about how this comedian named Arthur Fleck uh, was driven to insanity by the terrible world that he decided to go out and become, you know, a, a terrorist. A white man. A white man, yeah. Uh, shout out to Taja Renee Stidham, who's been on our show back in the day. Um, and she, her review was literally titled, Joker is a, the Joker, Joker is about a white man. Because the problem people have with this is they feel like it's going to give incels a hero to look up to. And that is how I learned what incel was because I saw a Twitter exchange talking about that. And I was like, oh, that's what... I was like, oh, that's what right. that means. <laughs> Which is always a problem when you make a movie about an actual villain. So usually do some shit like Venom where you make the villain like a hero or an anti-hero enough to where they can be a sympathetic character. You can't do that with the fucking Joker, no matter how you change it up. Because even though it's not the actual origin story of the Joker, who actually does not have an actual origin story, mm-hmm. you can't do that simply because the Joker is such a character who's uh, about, you know, violence, murder, and mayhem. So that's kind of hard to make him a hero of any sort. And they didn't do that. They made like a pitch black, 
creepy ass R rated movie, which they basically made for only the reason of letting Todd Phillips, you know, it's his blank check more or less for making all them hangover movies, or making all that money from Warner Brothers back in the day, and to win Joaquin Phoenix the Oscar for Best Picture. That's oh. also why they made it. It's literally like designed. Joaquin Phoenix must win the fucking Oscar this year. And right. all the reviews are coming out. It's got like a 77% of Rotten Tomatoes. Every review, even if they don't like the movie, they're like, Joaquin Phoenix was phenomenal. <laughs> That's the Joker. So, you know, he's definitely going to get nominated. And they're definitely going to try that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I already determined, I feel like if this movie is good, if this movie is the best movie it could possibly be, I don't know if I'll still like it because I'm sort of kind of, and I'm sort of kind of really dark, Scorsese, early 80s um, crime dramas. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like a morally ambiguous or a morally dark movie sort of kind of, you know, starts to push my buttons a little bit. So Why? I, it just, I get creeped out. I guess all the Christianity stuff pops up. It's like, ooh. <laughs> I don't know. Like, um, but yeah, like, it's going to be real interesting when that shit actually comes out in regular theaters. Because they talk about it's going to make $90 million opening weekend. If it do, it's going to make 15 the next week. <laughs> People will not like that fucking movie, I'm telling you right now. It's, 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 some, it's some admittedly purposefully weird art house shit. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that as a, as, a, um, as a diss. They purposely made some weird art house shit it just happens to be based on DC Comics Batman universe characters. Yeah, I haven't seen King of Com- the King of Comedy, the other movie that they of course say they film. They say they um, bar- um I, w- I don't want to the words inspired by for this film. But I saw Taxi Driver the other night. Mm-hmm. There's no way Taxi Driver would get be made today. No, like the it's a slow character study. It really doesn't have like the, the it doesn't have a traditional like plot. Uh, yeah, the plot isn't traditional. It doesn't have your your traditional story structure where you have the you know um, introduction, rising action, and conclusion. It's all one big lead up to rising action. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's that seventy shit like Easy Rider, where it's just like it's you know white people riding around and just you know character study and talking shit. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, <laughs> I just speak it like it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I it's gonna be real interesting when that shit comes out in regular theaters. Cause like, you know, the critics are very mixed on it um themselves. Like uh we'll see. I just But I, a lot of the critics reviews, I mean, I don't know, I, I, I feel some kind of way about the whole incel thing. Like I feel like a lot of people are saying that because even though I, I mean I haven't seen the film and I can't make a good judgment call on it. It feels like an easy thing or a popular thing to call out. Right. Even, any even, yeah, any movie that's gonna um embrace a villain is going to probably get that tag. Right. In the Joker movie and about a guy who is downtrodden by society and blames society for him turning evil and like even though we know he's supposed to be the villain of the story um, I mean and, and you know and it's not made apparent you know but I mean I also feel that way about how people love Regina George so uh, from, <laughs> um, from Mean Girls so what? What is with that laugh? No, that that shit was funny because Regina George, the Joker. <laughs> the I mean, I mean, it's similar because people like like they print like 
and I think, um, and this is going off of something else, and I know that people a lot of times traditionally praise the bad guy because the way look we look at the society now today too, and how we look at how the structures that are supposed to be actually helpful or the heroes aren't really the heroes they're the villains, especially black people. Yeah. I mean, because we I often be painted as the villains in a lot of films or like likenesses and stuff like that go on all the way going back to birth of a nation which i still refuse to watch because the wikipedia article was already too much for me um <laughs> i seen that shit my god go ahead <laughs> um so we i mean there's a history of rooting for the villain because a lot of times we see ourselves more in the villain than in the hero right and and it's also and this is something i read um and it, i can't i'm I don't remember the exact essay because um, I read it like in the 90s, but uh, comic book writer Peter David was talking about how the position of villain and hero kind of changed because it used to be how the hero was the person breaking down traditional structures and uh, um, uh, like traditional uh, systems or structures in the story. But it's kind of swapped now where the heroes are the people who maintain these traditional structures mm-hmm. against villains or people who want to break them down. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, so I'm just going to stop. Anyway, um, I, I I just feel like I, until I see the food movie myself, I think all the incel talk is a little unfair. Um, and I also feel like even we like we've already directly you know identified that at the end of the film. And most of the reviews I've read say you still know he's going to be the villain. Like they stopped short of praising him and showing that no this this man does not deserve your empathy anymore. And that's, and a good film should make you feel that type right. of way. It should, it should have that twist on your emotions or make you feel something. Um, so, I mean, but like I said, it's still wait and see. I'm probably going to see it early. Um, it, the early, it, cause my, it comes out on the fourth. I'll probably be able to see it early on the third, which is my birthday. I take Amazon gift cards, comic books, cash um, fine leather goods, <laughs> treat myself. Treat um, yourself. But that's it. All right. Uh, speaking of supervillains, uh, Nate Parker was also at the Fitness oh, Film Festival. Wow. <laughs> wow. It was uh, right there. It was right there. What? Was it? <laughs> so, um, Nathaniel Parker, the former actor who appeared in a whole bunch of Negro pictures in the 2000s. Um, Stop saying former actor. <laughs> who um, pissed off Gina Price Blythewood when he stood up during the press junket for Beyond the Lights and declared that in order to preserve the black man, he would never play a gay role or, or be um, seen in um, cross-dress or in drag, which has shit to do with Beyond the Lights, other than Daryl Stevens being in the movie for about three minutes. Um, <laughs> that was scrubbing the internet very quickly, and, you know, he, of course, went on to make Birth of a Nation and, of course, uh, the new his new version about uh, the story of Nat Turner, and it came out, of course, that he, back in college, him and a friend had an incident with a um, a white girl where it was considered sexual assault. He was acquitted because he had a previous relationship with the girl. His friend was convicted. They went to, um, they appealed it. The appeal was sort of kind of like dismissed out of court. And they were let free because the girl didn't want to retestify. She ended up killing herself. And when this was brought up on the press junket for um, Birth of a Nation, Nate Parker gave all these answers that were varying degrees of terrible, even though Oprah said we can help you. He's like, fuck you, Oprah, you're a woman. Don't need it. Wait a minute, uh, what? <laughs> wait, wait, what? Oprah wanted to help. Oprah's like... Oprah? Wait a minute, this nigga turned down Oprah help? Yes, he did. Yes, yes, he did. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yep, he did. Uh, and so the movie flopped. People didn't really... 
like it that much. I saw Birth of a Nation. Um, didn't pay for it. Um, I'm proud to say that. Um, this time. Uh, he actually has talent as a visual director. He has no talent as a screenwriter. It is lipstick on a pig. Oh. Great looking movie. Acting is kind of okay from everybody. Script is absolutely terrible. Um, so when he made his second movie in secret called American Skin, starred Amari Hardwick and himself. Uh, this movie... Ooh. Yeah. Amari Hardwick is good for showing up in, in movies made by a weird nigga. Jamie St. Patrick is in this? hmm He was oh. in that uh, Sorry to Bother You from Boots Riley. He, he, oh, my God. Yes, he let, was. Let me find Which out. Which I actually liked his character in that. Let me find out Amari Hardwick with light skin ass is a whole tap too. <laughs> well, he is. Because you know he does a... What is spoken word? Oh, shit. That's how he... <laughs> Yeah, that's how I remember he used to host that show on, I think it was either BT or TV One. That was like a spoken word show that he used to host for years. Like, that's kind of how he got well known. Death Poetry Jam on HBO? No, no, no it was like no. something that flows, Lyric and Flow. Oh, like, yeah, like, Lyric oh, and Flow. The Viacom version. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, he's a poet. He does music. You know, he's from. Like, yeah, you've never heard this song he has with Anthony Hamilton? No, I serve a living God, so I and haven't he's heard work- that. <laughs> he's, working he's working on something new now. Yeah, he's absolutely a hotel, Brandon. Like, oh, that's Jesus. no question about it. Yeah, so... And a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Well... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, he made this movie and brought it to Venice Film Festival with Spike Lee as his um, buffer from um, criticism. Because, you know, Spike Lee, um, our greatest ni- living Negro filmmaker... You know, said it was a great movie. He's supporting Nate Parker. Oh, I was like, wow, Spike, wow. Does he have steak in it? Did he produce it or something? I just, didn't look at the credits. <laughs> what did you say? I said, I didn't look at the credits. Uh, but from the reviews, apparently Spike didn't work on it because if he had, he probably would have been able to help. Um, the reviewers... What's it called again? It's called American Skin. Skin. Not to be confused with American Sun. Right. Carrie Washington's movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm actually going to look up the IndieWire review by Ali's best friend, David Ehrlich. Mm. <laughs> uh, because that, like, listen, David Ehrlich is a very, very hardline reviewer. He hates a damn near everything. Oh, Lord, he got my favorite. Is he or is he not black? Theo Rossi in this. I love him. He's not. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But I'm, I'm still, I, I know he's not because I like Googled it extensively when I first saw him. Because you're like, is he? <laughs> but I, I'm still like, I just still feel like, you know, if he says nigga, like, I don't think I would be. <laughs> like, he did do his 23 and me real quick. Oh. Listen, I'm just not convinced that he's not. Right. If Wentworth Miller is, Theo Rossi can Right. Be. But yeah, I'm going to read you the first paragraph of David Ehrlich's review of American Skin. The debate over Nate Parker's value as a person may never be conclusively decided, though it may seem otherwise in the court of public opinion. But the debate over Nate Parker's value as a filmmaker has just been settled once and for all. He doesn't have any. Hmm? An unsolicited coda to a career that most of us assumed was already over. American Skin (laughs) is an asinine and self-serving call to action that tries to hide its basic incompetence behind a veil of righteous fury Basically, his review says that the subject matter is important, it's relevant, it's timely. He's just very, very bad at making a movie. 
Yikes. So nobody bought the rights to American Skin out of the Fitness Film Festival. And Nate Parker was like, it's fine. He's literally crying in an interview. It's fine. Listen, I'm going to keep going. I don't care. Wait, I'm going to make these messages. Uh, because, you know, I have five daughters. And one day they're going to have one of them have a son. It's going to look like me. No, it's not because it's going to be really light-skinned. Because your wife is white. Right. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I don't know. That nose is strong. He was, he was crying for real? He was really crying. Oh, wow. But listen, somebody, <laughs> listen, the thing is this. Some, I got no hold. That's not cute. Somebody's <laughs> going to buy the movie. Somebody's going to break down and buy the shit. You know, I got some names <laughs> out there. But like, I can't say the names for reasons we'll discuss at, off the show. Um, Put them in the chat. Put them in the chat. Plus, <laughs> um, but yeah, somebody will buy it eventually. I am certain, and we will probably see it, and then we'll be able to evaluate. But you know, a lot of people can't separate a movie being important from a movie being good. You can make a movie about Jesus Christ. That's a terrible movie. <laughs> right. So Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. What was that movie that came out? Uh, Mary Matlin picture that came out that nobody liked. That's this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who? Mary Magdalene. There's a Mary Magdalene movie that came out this year. It's a movie about Jesus. Oh, Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Uh, um, People didn't like that movie. Why? Why are you calling her Mary Madeline? How do you pronounce it? Magdalene. Magdalene. Okay. Lean I'm or like, Lynn? I'm like, isn't it the deaf woman? No, that's that's that's. Oh, that's, that's Rooney. Helen. It was last year because Rooney. Mar- no, there's a deaf woman named Mar- like Mary something like that. Oh. She, who's like an well? She did like what the bleep is that? Like the thing about um. Oh, it was um, Joaquin Phoenix playing Jesus. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that movie is right now. It's, it's it on forty six percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. and forty eight percent from the audience. So nobody liked it. It's about Jesus. <laughs> it is Jesus' but wife. I mean, <laughs> oh man, it had Chewie. They wasted Chewitos too. Chewitos. Chewitel. It was, oh, God. Oh, I've been I like Chewitah. <laughs> they probably said, uh, Mr. Mr. Ezio for read this movie. It's about I, Jesus' wife. So, like, oh. <laughs> they wasted... Uh, I hate when they waste my good people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we'll see what happens with um, old Nathaniel. Um, I just want... What was the word you said? What was the phrase you said? Black pain, Ali. Is that what we, was, we were talking about it earlier? Mm-hmm. I'm just... He it, is obsessed. Like, pick a new genre and maybe we'll give you another chance. Like, well, well, Latria, he's I'm concerned. Sick, about, I'm, t- I'm he's tired of him. Concerned of him about like, getting... he's on a one man quest. We got history books, we don't need you. Okay, Brandon, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I was confused. I thought you were talking about Mary Matlin, who's in the movie about physics called What the Bleep Do We Know? From oh, that, yeah, that actress, Mary Magdalene, oh, Magdalene from the Bible, the wife of Jesus, and <laughs> the, the good word. I can't believe they had Joaquin Phoenix. The wife of Jesus. Who washed Jesus' feet. That's not you. They could have got Jim Caviezel back. He's the only Jesus. With her hair. I know they'll say wife in the actual Bible, but in like the the surrounding text, they discuss her. She's the wife. I'm not about to get the super Christians on me because (laughs) I don't know. So I will let you have... Out here. What is the surrounding text? Like, like you know, the, like the apocryphal stuff and all that kind of stuff. You know? I I don't. Know. I use finger quotes that y'all can't see over the radio. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Come on, apocryphal. Um, speaking of miracles, Kevin Hart. <laughs> you know what? That ain't no nigga. Wait, wait a minute, because 
I I don't know if you need to handle this. <laughs> so Kevin Hart. Somebody else needs to say it. Oh. I don't know, Brandon. I we know how you feel. I don't know if you should do Fresh this. Fresh from recording a segment on um um, LeBron James's um, HBO program called The Cut, where they sit in the barbershop and talk barbershop. shit. Where they invited Lil Nas X and Kevin Hart onto the same set. Good job, producers. And basically, had Kevin Hart downplay whatever effects of homophobia Lil Nas was concerned about affecting his career and the things he experienced when he came out, you know, on the internet and everything like that. I'm like, you know, it's just a bit, not a big deal, whatever. And everybody was like, why in the fuck did this happen? And Lil Nas X was basically had to come out and say, like, you know, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. If I was, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, my happy, positive self, whatever. So I just let it go. Wait about that. Um, fresh from that, um, Kevin Hart on September the 1st, 2019, uh, was on um, Holland Highway uh, in Los Angeles. And um, he was right being driven by uh, a man and his wife, I believe. Um, in a vintage sports car that was Kevin Hart's, and the sports car went over the road and flipped, and there was a bad accident. And Kevin Hart apparently he broke his spine in three different places. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be fine eventually. Well, he's yeah, he's apparently got transferred what the other day to a rehab facility for like a however long he has to be there. Listen, they must put some titanium in that nigga's back. Uh, list, uh, they, must, they must have did some shit like uh, Your spine was severed in three places How on earth is he They did some shit like Jordan Calloway and Black Lightning and some, like, They turned him into painkiller Right <laughs> like He is the new bionic man Yes but Latria You had some questions about this case I remember You said some shit don't sound man, right Man listen the journalist <laughs> in me When I first read that first article I was like ding 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 like it, everything was going off. I'm like, none. So, this don't make sense. It's not adding up. And like Demetria Lucas had a post, and I'm like, okay, clearly my journalist brain was right because her journalist brain was on the same track. Like it was just like, okay, first of all, it was like they highlighted how they kept reiterating that the driver wasn't drunk, and it was like, okay, how many times do you have to tell us that he was not under the influence? We get it, okay, but you don't have to beat our head beat us over the head with it and then it was my thing was like what were y'all do like this is like that we could like where were y'all coming from because i'm it was apparently it was really late at night right mm-hmm. okay where were y'all going like were y'all hanging out i don't know were you working out at the gym and then your trainer's fiance was like hey Let's go out for drinks or something and like why was he driving your car it's always <laughs> it's always the trainer isn't it Right. And so why was he driving the car? Unless it was like, you know, he had just gotten that car. And I guess the guy was like, oh, man, let me drive it. And Kevin was probably like, yeah, 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 okay. Like, I don't know. But down the Holland Highway? Listen, I don't know nothing about them roads. So, <laughs> so Mulholland Highway... But it's, it's very it's, windy, right? It, it, it's, it connects to Mulholland Drive. Both of them are some very windy shits that go through, like, hills okay. and mountains in Los Angeles, like, near right. the coast. But here's what got me, and here is where I am just really struggling with. I like a part of me is like, wow, Kevin, like you really did this to your people, like you know, friends, and I'm doing air quotes. So, and this is where I'm just like, okay, this is where the story just does not make sense to me. And Demetria put it perfectly. I should pull up her post, but I don't feel like it. So it says that like when we find okay, like. 
apparently, I don't know if the bodyguards were like driving behind them or I don't know how close they were to his house. Kendrick. From like, from where? What? What are you doing? Rubbing my eye. It sounds like paper. <laughs> you should, do you need some visine? I'm concerned. <laughs> Some, some therapy here, goddamn! It sounded like, like sandpaper. It like, did. I know you can't hear it, but it literally yeah. sounded like it was like crutchy, 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 crutchy. If that was your eye, I'm concerned. Yeah. Use, use your mute button. You can, man. My God, <laughs> get you some eye drops too. Well, let me go get these eye drops. Okay. So the part of the story that like it it also pisses me off with the implications that like I'm like wait so. Did this happen? So okay, so they say like he, the, you know the crash happened and they rolled down the embankment. Number one, like how far down is this embankment? Like because I saw that car and I'm like, how? Apparently they had to be pulled out. But then it said that Kevin, so his bodyguards came and got him, and then he went home. My thing is, how do you get somebody out of a car? The damage that that was done to that vehicle. Like, why, again, if you are not a medical professional, what the hell are you doing pulling somebody out of that? And why did they have to get him so fast? And they just got him and left. So you need to tell me you left your two friends in the car. Like, granted, he was apparently unconscious. But I'm just like, what kind of people do you have around you? You just left two other people in there? Like, and apparently, I guess, (gasps) you know, some people. (laughs) He came through the seats and fucking him out. So people saw it, like, like other people, I guess, you know, driving past whatever, saw it. They're the ones that stopped and called 911. So it was like, you really left these people to die. Like, that's where I'm just like, wow, that is not how you do, folks. If they die, they die. And they, like, they literally had to be pulled, like, they had to be, they had to be pulled out by the paramedics. They couldn't just get up and walk With the jaws of life, I'm guessing? Uh, yeah, something. And I'm just like, that is... That is so messed up. And then also, again, why did they have to like, I don't, like the way that they got him, like why did they have to take him out, like his people so fast? Like that that makes this whole thing kind of shady to me. And then the nonchalantness with which uh, his wife was on, she's like, I don't know. He's, <laughs> I'm not trying to laugh because this is very serious. She's like, I don't know. He's like, He's not with it or whatever she was saying. She's just like, yeah, I don't know. It just happened like right outside. They just brought him here. I don't know. It looks really bad. <laughs> she sounded like uh, Connie Chung on the like, Evening News, CBS Evening News. Like, what happened? So that's just... But what really concerned me is the fact that they moved him. Like, why would you move him? Even if you don't have any medical training, just common sense tells you you don't move... like. Especially arriving on a scene like that, you don't move anybody. But don't. Because I mean, who knows? They could be the reason that his spine was seven in three places. It probably couldn't have even been from the accident. It could have been from them getting him out. Mm-hmm. I got. And see. also, Go it's that. It's like, why would you move him? And also, how dare you just leave them to <clears throat> and not even call that one one for them? Like, wow. Well, gang. Yeah, it's like it's we just, got another mystery in our hands. I would say this: one of three things happen. Either he's really that selfish, or there's B. There's drugs involved, or C. He was fucking everybody in that car. Didn't want anybody to know. Pretty much. (laughs) B. All of the above. 
to curb the audiobook. <laughs> I mean, and I, honestly, I can't because if he was unconscious when he was at the house, then obviously it wasn't, you know, he was already... It's it's not on him. It's on the bodyguards. But I mean, it's also. But it's. But my thing is, it's like the caliber of people you have around you that would do that. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I'm saying. Like it's still reflective on you. Mm-hmm. But I just like when I read that, I was like, dang, that was because when I read that they took him, you know, to his house. Then I was like, what about the people in the car? And then when I found out that like, yeah, they didn't even like bystanders had to stop and call nine one one. Who happened upon the wreckage? Like someone, please call that one. I really did. They say like how far down that embankment was. I, mean, I don't know. Um, they didn't say. Because I'm thinking of like you know the hills and stuff in California. Like, was it pretty far? Yeah, a lot of them shits is far. Mel Blank, the famous voice actor who did all the voices on um, the Looney Tunes, he almost died falling off Mulholland Drive. This. Um, like, a lot of people have had bad accidents on, like, that road and, like, the Mahalan Highway Drive, sort of kind of, like, that whole stretch. There ain't no place to be yeah. driving fast. Cool, you better know the history of that highway. It's too far. I just know Mahalan. Wasn't there a movie called Mahalan? Hey, yes, it is. Okay. Are you, are you out here talking like somebody auntie, like, ain't got no business driving on that road anyway? I mean, not not driving fast on that road. Cause like all the famous people live in that area, you know, like Kardashian right. and shit. So you probably have to drive to, to get, get away from Porsche mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and our and our poor stench, you know. All right. Uh, next up, speaking of black leave that shit. over in Baldwin Hills. Yep. <laughs> speaking of black shit, um, this coming 16, 17, 18, Thursday. Uh, Viacom and Tyler Perry Studios <laughs> are launching BET Plus, a brand new streaming service that has both all some, the Medea movies, all the Medea movies, <laughs> all the Tyler Perry movies, period, all the Tyler Perry TV shows, and plus many of your, much of your favorite programming from BET from the past. And, and Baby Boy and This Christmas. Yep, and all their all your favorite <laughs> um, Negro films that they've licensed out from the other studios. And um, also some new programs from people like Tyler Perry and Will Packer. I'm so mad. I actually really do want to watch um, First Wives Club. Right. I'm not paying for this. And also because somebody's in it. And I was like, dang. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that person in a second. Ruin. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Right. So, like, it's, <laughs> it's coming out. Fairly soon, uh, a couple of days. It costs nine ninety nine. Um, so if you want it, you have to pay a little bit more than Disney Plus to get it. Oh, I can't wait to hear those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> You're so messy. Ain't <laughs> gonna be right. his drink. Oh, but first, let me refresh my browser. Yep. <laughs> so first, Wives Club is produced by Tracy Oliver. Speaking of her. Uh, it's nine episodes on BET Plus. It was supposed to be on TV Land and Paramount Network, but they but they decided to put it on BET Plus. Uh, it stars Jill Scott, Michelle Buteo, Ryan Michael Bath, I guess. Yeah, that's um, that's Sterling K. Brown's wife. Okay. Uh, oh. Yep. Yep. Uh, Will Packer has a show coming called uh, Bigger, which is about thirty somethings living in Atlanta, which is kind of like. A lot of shows. Uh, Ten episodes. The first three will be up at launch. Uh, Sacrifice from writer Chris 
Stokes. What? Oh, wait, huh? Whoa. Yes, whoa. that Chris Stokes. Whoa. Say what? The B2K Chris Stokes. Well. The alleged petty file Chris up. Stokes. Petty. Petty. Shut Hedo. Oh, look, that's, the, that's the show Paula Patton is Yeah, on? it stars Paula yeah. Patton as an entertainment lawyer navigating the nefarious lives of her rich and, and famous Marcus, clients. Wait, him and Marcus Houston made up? Latria. Language. Okay. Wording. I'm getting off. Oh, God, those were the wrong words to say. Oh, it's just a movie. It's okay. a two-hour movie that doubles as a backdoor pilot. Uh, again, words. Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? Moving on. It is a... <laughs> What's the name of that Tyler Perry show that's coming on? It's some, something that he was making um, that we were like, uh, Tyler Perry, BET Plus. I know, because it was something basically like, it was some like scandalous nonsense that he usually makes. Uh, or is it coming just to beat regular BET? Yeah, it's coming to regular BET sisters. That's oh. what I said. My bad. So. Oh, oh yeah, I put that in there, yeah. and I was like, "We're having to own his own deal." It's over. If in, I guess you know, Oprah was like, "No, nah, we don't need to re- renew this. We're good." Well, it wasn't just that. Paramount offered him way more money after his Lionsgate deal ended. They said, "Come here, bring your TV and your films here. We'll give you all this money." And so that's what are they did. really still that lucrative? I mean, compared to own. No, but I mean his films. Yeah. Really? We don't go to see him unless they're acrimony. Uh, but everybody <laughs> else do. <laughs> I still have not seen acrimony. Me either. <laughs> Every time I go on Amazon Prime, it's right there looking at me and I'm just like, oh, oh don't do it. No, no, no. Don't do it. Just right there looking at me like, no. <laughs> like Pennywise. Uh <laughs> Um, BT Plus is being run by Devin Griffin, who used to work at um, Netflix, apparently. Is he black? He's, yes, he is. Okay. What else has he done? Come on, Colin. Uh, he worked... Uh, he was the general... He, oh, let's see. I don't know what he did at... Let's see. Forge, he was a producer at StoryLab US, which he, where he co-founded and led companies far away into premium, long-form content development. Worked for the NBA Players Association, ITV Anonymous Content. Uh, he worked on Netflix shows such as Queer Eye and The Toys That Made Us. He also worked uh, in their drama department, worked on Black Mirror Designated Survivor, Z Nation, and stand-up specials from Chelsea Peretti and Wyatt Cynic. I mean, he's, kinda, he's, he's done some shit. I'm on his LinkedIn now. <laughs> he's going to help produce all <laughs> Fairly handsome. Yeah. I just wanted to see what he looked like. All right. Uh, speaking of streaming services, um, this past keynote last Tuesday, Apple finally introduced more details about um, Apple TV Plus. They had given some in March, but you know, not quite enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they introduced more, including pricing. So Apple TV Plus will be four ninety nine a month because Apple's, you know, they're. Oh. They're like, they got billions of dollars in the bank. They can afford to take a little bit of a hit to get people signed up. And if you have, if you buy an Apple thingy from now forward, you can Apple get Apple TV. You can get a <laughs> year's worth of Apple TV Plus for free. 
Actually, I think it, I feel like, I think it's any Apple, like an Apple device, even any I, device, yeah. iPhone, iPad. Which I'm like, what about those of us who already have all of these? Can I just get grandfathered in? Mm-hmm. Gotta buy a new one. I, I mean, really? Nope. Really to say five dollars a month. Uh, content for Apple TV Plus includes The Morning Show, which is a drama about making a morning TV news show, which I'll probably be watching. Uh, yep. C. Wait a minute. Yep. C, which stars Jason Momoa and... Uh-huh, uh-huh, and uh-huh. who else was it? It was... It was Alfred Woodard. Alfred Woodard. Yep. Yep. Uh, I don't know anybody else. Haley Steinfeld in um, a half-hour comedy called Dickinson about Emily Dickinson. Yep. Uh, Snoopy in Space. From the um, Peanuts Company, and that photo still looks good, man. And from Sesame Workshop, a reboot of Ghost Rider from the 1990s. Ghost Rider. Word. Which is a little bit more sinister. This one, right? Yeah, they changed the shit up. So the original Ghost Rider is about a ghost who helped these kids in Brooklyn solve mysteries. I mean, listen, I was still scared of the original Ghost Rider, so... Well, he was black, Lashria. He was? So they never got to finish the mystery of who he Ghost was Candyman. I mean, <gasps> basically he the was. The guy who played Candyman? No, 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 no. Like, they, 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 he has a similar origin story. Like, they... Oh, okay. They only gave out, like, three clues, I think, during the actual show. But the idea was supposed to have finally solved that he was Jamal's, like, great, 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 great grandfather. And he had been oh, murdered. a black kid? <gasps> Shut he had been up. murdered uh, during slavery for teaching kids how to read. Black kids how to read. And, Dang, which, that is messed Which up. explains, like, his connection to, like, words and reading and literature. And books. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I had no idea yeah. that- Related to the black Yeah. But the wow. only thing was he didn't remember who he was. Oh. Come on, Ghost. I don't remember. He only remembered, like, like fragments. And every na- like every 10 episodes, he remember a new fragment. Mm. But, yeah, this new one, basically, like, a ghost sets loose characters from, liter- from literary, like, works in a library, and the kids have to go, like, like figure out why the ghost is doing this and return all these characters to their books. It sounds more like uh, the page master to me. <laughs> it sounds like a Disney production. Well, <laughs> I'm like, what was wrong with them just solving mysteries in um in Fort Greene, just hanging out and being black and Latino and and, and, and Vietnamese and shit? Too much. Uh, they don't want another Scooby Doo copy. Yes. It's too boring. I mean, yeah, you gotta, it was it was live action though. Who who could see the Scooby Doo in that? Nobody caught that. It was a copy. Brandon, you gotta frighten these kids these days. I guess. Like, have you seen? No, you gotta tell Listen, I don't know who else. Wa- I mean, I watch a lot of cartoons. So I watch a lot of Nickelodeon and Disney Channel. Have y'all seen the trailers for the new? Are you afraid of the dark? The new combo pop up poop up now. Nickelodeon is redoing Are You Afraid of the Dark? Jesus. I remember that. Wow. But have you seen the new trailers? Uh-uh. Like I was like, I thought I was watching a trailer for American Horror Story. No lie. Like, I was like, Nickelodeon, what is... Y'all are trying to literally scare these kids to death. I don't remember Are You Afraid of the Dark being scared. Oh, it's three days ago. Okay, let me see. Um... Yeah, like, it is, it is some, like... It is creepy. And I'm like, Nickelodeon, like, what is 
What is going on? Because I'm telling you, because they made that movie out of uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, and it's like some some high yeah, some, some that is out there right. shit. I was like, exactly. this is a children's series. <laughs> what is I mean, have you? Wait a minute, have you read the, the series? The, I read the a book, couple of them when I was very young. Enough. Yeah, the like, book was scary enough. Yeah, like the, just I, the fact that they covered the spider story to me was enough. <laughs> Let me watch this right quick. I'm watching on mute. Um, yeah, the Are You Afraid of the Dark trailer. I was like, okay, is this is this FX? No, this is Nickelodeon. Like, what's just like when you were talking about it? I was like, what is up with people in like they are really just trying to terrify kids? Are they, <laughs> they still going to throw this dust on the fire? Uh, they have they around the fire. Uh, yeah, they threw the dust. Go okay, dust. <laughs> yep. The Midnight Society. And whole, the whole, I like that whole, like, yep. submit it for the Midnight Society. Oh, I call this tale. I like that they kept that. Carnival. But yeah, I will not be watching this. And I was like, I barely could watch the first Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. Actually, I don't think I did watch it. It was kind of creepy wow. at times. Yeah, we used to watch it all the time. It's a limited but I series. Did, I, I did have those um, scary stories to tell in the dark books, but I will not be watching this movie. <laughs> the cover art on that was so scary alone. Yeah, I had the one that was like with the, was like a red nose or blood, like with the head. That's Come on, the red one. nose. Was it a nose that was? It was something that was red on that cover. I don't know, shaking like a red nose. St- okay. St- <laughs> well, they, they, they're really trying to scare these damn children. <laughs> They got shit strobing. We got clowns chasing children through you the, the know, carnival. And I've been trying to watch my Hey Arnold at night, and then this shit come on in this dark. <laughs> a black, oh, it's a, it's a black girl and a zombie. The black, the zombie to kick that the black girl in the water. Woo, child. <laughs> Listen, that's the part where I was like, you know what, Nickelodeon? No, you will not. <laughs> and that black girl is actually in a, um, a Netflix show that I watch. It's like a witch show. They're doing a lot. My God. Yeah. Okay. Is it not like they went all out? Right. And I'm just like, y'all are really trying to make these kids pee in the bed. Right. So, and to finish our program tonight, we have the Say Something Nice Challenge. Um, And our contestant on the Summer Jam screen today is um, one Malik Yoba. Ooh. Malik Yoba, as you might know, as the co-star of New York Undercover, Cool Runnings, Empire, and um, and two Tyler Perry, Why Why Did I Get Married movies, um, recently, quote unquote, came out as somebody as a um, a cisgender heterosexual man who dates transgender women, and he, you know, he said he did it after being compelled to by seeing the story about the guy who committed suicide. Um, allegedly because of he, w- he was chained for dating trans women. There's other stuff associated with it too as well, but that was like the main part, the story that came out first. And so he'd be this whole like, you know, like, um, you know, social media thing about, you know, like he was, you know, nothing wrong with it and everything like that. He got a lot of praise for it. And it's a very important thing to say. It wasn't 24 hours before, you know, it was um, a couple of trans women who came in, went on Facebook and said, well, you know, it's, I'll finally give him to come out and admit to this stuff. The only problem is that you didn't ask him what kind of trans women he likes. He likes them young, real young. I was 13 when I had mm-hmm. sex with Malik Yoba. And then 16 when they made me do it again. Because, like, um, this uh, this uh, woman, she was a forced to be, you know, like, to be a sex worker. Because that unfortunately happens to a lot of transgender people. Like, they end up out on the street, you know, homeless, and they have to trade sex for money. And she said, yeah. And then one of her friends was like, yeah, like, he likes young 
young um, transgender girls. That's what he's into. And so Malik Yoba came in, he did like a rap on Instagram in response to all this. And he basically was talking about he's going to try to sue everybody. Uh, the NYPD have been alerted to the story and if they could press charges because after Bill Cosby, they changed the law to where there's no more statute of limitations on um, child sexual abuse in New York in New York State, I believe. I don't know about and definitely city, possibly state. Um, so you had to see where this goes, but it's weird how people have been addressing it, each individual piece of it, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Cause like it's one thing to I mean, obviously. Dating underage people of any of, of any gender or any non-gender or anything in between, or any status of, of cisgendered or transgender or anything like that, bad, very bad. Don't do it. Evil. But even before that part came out, even before people widely read it, you know, it was uh, aha, this nigga faggot, this sissy ass nigga. That's why he was in that fucking empire and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, blah blah blah. You know, and then when that. When the sexual abuse scandal gets added to that, it just compounds the transphobia and the homophobia into the whole thing. And it's, you know, it's you, it's you niggas, and it goes out to anybody it applies to being right. terrible people, people in general. Because when you say right. things like this, it's not just Malik Yoba you're talking about. You're talking about every per every straight guy who dates transgender women, and there's far more of them than you think. Uh, it affects every transgender person, male or female, or otherwise, or non-gender conforming, because they are made to feel like they are other than, even by their own people who have shared the same, you know, skin color as they do. And then just LGBTQ people in general, because you're generalizing people and it's gone, you know, this person gay and this is not gay, and you know, all this kind of stuff. It just Y'all look stupid, y'all look ignorant. I have blocked so many niggas in the last few weeks. <laughs> Question. I have a question. Have there been like questions about his sexuality before? Yes. Before all this? Oh, okay. Without um without going into messy rumors on this podcast, you know, mm-hmm. you know y'all know I love a messy rumor, but right. <laughs> we got enough of Malik Yoba right now. I'll tell you off the air. Um Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Um Okay. I'll just say like I was not shocked by this turn of events. Gotcha. Um, would be more shocking is if somebody stood up with him, some of the other people. Um, you know, okay. Some people maybe who've gotten caught, you know, giving ladies rides, you know. Some of them. In more ways than one. You know what? I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you know what kind of podcast this is, kid. <laughs> I'll stay doing a lot. Ah, I thought you were asleep, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm like somebody's somebody's great uncle. Y'all doing the those back there? Y'all doing be... a lot back there. <laughs> Hold the reins of this of this show, yeah. right? What was his fraternity? Who? Five Eight Sigma. Yeah, he was a Sigma. The Sigmas pulled him off of like the like the, it was like a, a youth advocacy panel. They pulled him off of that shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, hit it, Ken, and that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He did it real oh, quick, wow. too. Can need to send y'all what he sent me in, on Instagram. What? <laughs> that video of him. Oh, I did send it to the group. 
Oh, you did? Is that where I saw it then? Okay. I sent it to the whole group. You were the only person who responded. For oh, some reason. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what, what was this thing now? It was a video of him dressed up like a woman. Well, not yeah, he was wearing makeup. makeup. Oh, I Every- saw that. Yeah. Because he, he was in a play. Some place yeah. where he was playing a, 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 a character. A, I don't know if he was playing a woman or a character in drag. Or a transgender person, but like I also saw that somewhere online. So like, yeah, see, I don't know why y'all surprised. Like he wear a dress all the time. But he's an actor. Yeah. It's kind of like I, given. But I had to block. But that okay, my my thing with the Malik Yoba thing, you probably gonna block me on this. <laughs> there's Uh-oh. there's some gray area on the idea that he was dating dating, and by dating, basically picking them up in his jeep, mm-hmm. having sex, and then dropping them back off. With, 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 uh, with $10 or whatever, you know, yeah. With young prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Like, mind you, what he did was wrong, like sleeping with underage girls. Mm-hmm. Number two, it was also illegal. Very, very but, illegal. But these were women caught in a circumstance who kind of like, even though they were underage, you were out there to actually do that. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of gray area there. And I don't know how they look now. I'm guessing they look all their age, but they're still. You can still say questionably. Okay, you know he just picked some people off the street who look. Yeah, we can't. You know, but that's say why. what the ages were. But even though I say, I'm sorry, if they were uh, below 15 years old, uh, you knew they were young. You knew they were, you knew they were young. young. This is awesome. But at the same, I was gonna say this is also why even with sex work. I mean, I know you don't want people to know. Listen. Sex work is only legal in one state in this country. And so if you're out there, you got to be careful. But also, I mean, if you are a person picking up people on the street, you need to make sure that you, they they look like at least 30, be perfectly honest, like 25 and up. You know, you got to be careful. Because, like, uh, you can't ask you to ask for ID or whatever like that is. And I'm, I'm just saying it is legal. But if you're going to be out there being illegal, you be, um, do one crime and not three. So I but my, I can see that. But at the same time, like even though I, it's sad that they were forced into that type of work, and these were teenage girls who mm-hmm. were like basically out there on the street. You're getting like, and they may are abused. It's kind of like a gray area because the things that happened to you were wrong, but this was also your only way of supporting yourself. Right. So it's kind of a weird quagmire to me here, saying that it's kind of like you're resenting him for the part he played in your life at this certain age when that's all you can do. Right. So I, it, it, it's a lot there to me. I can see what you're saying. And, and it, in you know, I don't, I don't know. I, it's, to me, it's a, it's a lot to unpack and I don't think there, it's very great. There's nothing black and white about that situation. Right. Beyond, like I said, the only black and white thing is they were underage. He should not have been sleeping with them. It was illegal. Those all things are black and white, but however, the the social and all the other ramifications associated with that that that's a gray area that I really don't want to get. I I don't feel completely comfortable getting into about him, even though yeah, clearly that's some douche behavior. Right. So I have two questions. Do you feel like the first Wives Club will get rid of Malik Yoba after this first season is done? I'm wondering, did he come out as a way of supporting it? My, 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 uh, my second question is Do you think Malik Yoba would disappear the way that Kevin Clash disappeared? Who? Kevin oh, Clash exactly. was the, bat, yeah. the black puppeteer who was on Sesame Street. He was the voice of Elmo for decades. Hello. And it came out that yeah. he was, you know, 
having sex with underage boys. I don't think he'll go away. Um, mostly because, I'm sorry, unless you're right. watching TV at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and had that kind of time, you didn't know who Kevin Clash was. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, but he, um, they made a documentary about was him. Like right before that shit though. hit, like about a year or two before that shit hit, they made but a documentary like, about him. But think, like, Kevin Clash's whole career, he was not watches. seen. Everybody <laughs> knows Kendrick. who he looks like. Who, so... That's a good point. All right. They have, I mean, I mean, Kevin Clash can go, and especially like you're yeah. a puppeteer and you're sleeping like with his young whole career boys. Was like, kids, you want so. your career to be over. Like, like yeah. I'm still, it was like, it's, oh, yeah, it's a, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I see what you're saying, but it's not a like apples right. to apples argument almost. You know, but I see what you're saying, like how about people don't care about trans women and like this will probably, be like you know it won't be especially as highly regarded ones. especially with the like the number of deaths that are happening to trans women in this country so you see yeah especially back so you see how they're treated and respected but at the same time it's like it, it you know it's 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 a it's a bit different uh but yeah because like you said like i ain't know who kevin clash was before um like i don't Ooh, and I, I'm so upset with that because I'm thinking the worst. Like, oh, like a fifty-something year mind going like, hey, I know, and I'm like, you should be able to do that. But it kind of ties into like some bully ass shit. Like, how you a grown ass man being like, what about hey, uh, Kevin Michael Richardson? That, like, uh, have you ever so seen fun. what he looks like in person? He's a voice actor. He's the voice of a bunch of characters, including um, Cleveland Jr. on um, the Cleveland Who? Show. Uh, What's his name? Kevin Michael Richardson. Google him right quick and look at the photograph. Now imagine him saying, Daddy, will you write me? Whoa, he is a big dude. I mean, he looks like he can do It's Kevin the creepiest brother, thing. It's, yeah. <laughs> do you want him to say that to you, Brandon? Oh, wow. We are getting And into so this is going to bring our episode of the Say Something Nice podcast to an end. He's the voice of the commander. We're about on to wrap this up. The shark uh, monster. He okay. was always okay. chasing them. Um, his first Disney part. Um, he also did Barney Rubble at one time. He's he's quite happily married with uh, to a woman with children. To a woman with children. So this has been the conclusion oh, of the podcast. Thank you everybody for listening to us. Them. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever else great podcasts can be found. Please visit us at SSNpodcast.com for more episodes. Thanks to everybody who left great feedback about our Motown episodes, including you know um, Doc Claw, thanks, and um Khalil, thanks so much, everybody. And April, thanks so much, April. And also, thank you, April, for um, she made a donation to the show. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, Where them dollars at? And so, like, what, what was, was I going to say about the um, Motown thing? Oh, 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 I had one Motown story to tell. Really funny when I closed out with that. We forgot to tell in the actual episode. So, uh, in 1967. Uh, Barry Gordy put Supremes and Expectations together on like a series of like personal appearances and TV show appearances. The idea being that they would feed off of each other. The Supremes oh. would bring the temps into the white 
people world, the attempts to bring the Supremes back to the black people world. And they would boost each other's profiles in both. And that would lead to them, you know, doing Copacabana things, a couple of albums together, all this other kind of stuff. The Come first, on, Copacabana beans. Yep. The first of these <laughs> um, things was a November 1967 uh, spot on the Ed Sullivan Show. And when they got there and saw the set, the set, you can actually watch this on YouTube, this um, clip when they did this. Like, the set says, Temptations, Supremes, Diana Ross! Temptations, Supremes, Diana Ross! Diana Ross! Temptations, Supremes, Diana Ross! Temptations, Diana Ross! Diana Ross! Diana Ross! Diana Ross! Like, basically, Diana Ross's name is about 30% of the set. Temptations about 15%. Supremes about 10%. And the rest of it is blank page. <laughs> David Ruffin saw this shit. He was not here for it. But he couldn't do anything about it. None of them could. And then Diana complained because she felt like the key of the medleys, because they were going to sing. So the Supremes were seeing Temptations records. Temptations were seeing Supremes records. She's like, the key of this medley is too high, is too low for me. I can't do what I want to do. And they were like, Diana is fine. And so overnight, she calls long distance to Detroit. Gets Barry Gordy on the phone. Come on, long distance. By the time people get to rehearsal in the morning, the day the, the day the show's gonna be on the air, uh, all the charts have been rewritten, <laughs> so that the key of the whole entire medley has been raised up to Diana's level, and the band already knows the new arrangement. So David has to sing in the tip top of his register to try to hit these notes, and he pulled uh, a gopher aside allegedly and said, "Listen." I'm going to show that wig-wearing bitch who's the boss around this motherfucker. Uh-oh. I'm going to show her up on TV. And so when you see the clip, it's, it turns a little bit towards the end into that Gina and Pam shit where they were trying to oversee each other to get on the Biggie's album. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Because like when, like when they start letting loose on uh, I Know I'm Losing You, David starts ad-libbing. And he's hitting. The, he's sitting every note. He's he's trying to hit, and Diana's sitting there and trying to hit it with him, and she's not doing a good job. <laughs> you get him hitting every. It's like you keep trying to hit higher and higher notes. It's like yeah, <laughs> it's a mess. Watch it. It's on YouTube. Google Supreme Temptations. I'm, I know I'm losing you. Google it. Look it up. Ed Sullivan. It's a, it's hysterical. Also, Temptations, great fucking dancers. First time I ever saw them dance was that clip. It, is, it did like a special fucking effect. Amazing motherfuckers. They were so light on their feet. Yes, they was. I don't know how they did it. CGI. Uh, but <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Say Something Nice podcast. I am Brandon. I am here with Latria. See you later. Ali. Good night, folks. Be good. And... I'm just kidding this week. I don't have any lofty stuff. Maybe. There's so many things to choose from. <laughs> I forgot though. Oh, I don't know shit. Wait, 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 wait. Um, um, um. Let's see how uh, I'm the executive producer of that life. I'm really sure. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. All right.